It's surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of Star Brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And as is the case with all of our Mastering 40 journeys, this is about my attempt starting this past summer to go a full year working as hard as I can with some of the best people in the running industry to reach my goal of breaking the 40-minute mark in a 10K uh, after my 40th birthday, which was in late January of 2021. This week, we had a big step. So I had my first all-out 5K since coming back after numerous injuries and false starts and all of that stuff, and it was really enjoyable. But before we end up doing that, let me get into the order of events, talking to Adrian Lonslier before we um, talk to my coach, James McCurdy. So my conversation with Adrian came before the 5K. And my conversation with James came afterwards, but it actually happened this very morning. So it was really nice to get their perspective going in and coming out of that race and also talking about various other things. I was just so excited to talk with both of them. And this was, uh, you know, every step is important, but this, there were some big steps in the past couple of weeks. And I was really excited about that. Before we get into it, let's talk about one of our big sponsors here. We got Tracksmith that supports the show. Oh man, I love these guys. I love their stuff. I actually just put in a brand new order for their late fall and winter running gear. I'm really excited for that. Just got it. It uh, actually just got today. Um, And it's such great stuff. Tracksmith has the highest quality materials that real runners love to use. And this is the thing. We all have winter running gear. We all have you know gear for every season. When you buy the best stuff, it just lasts. It feels great, and it's perfect for the elements. That's exactly what Tracksmith provides. They are just the real deal. And this is one of those things where you're better off buying the best stuff out there because you know it's going to last. And that's exactly what Tracksmith provides. So go to Tracksmith.com and use code RamblingRunner to save 15% on your first order of over $75. I cannot recommend this company highly enough. I still have some not-so-good running tights and things like that from like 10 years ago. Even shoddy stuff, you can just linger in your drawers and, you know, why do you want to do that, <laughs> right? Just get it out of there. Put some good stuff in there because you know it's going to last and it's going to feel great. So go to Tracksmith.com today. So without further ado, let's get into it with Adrian. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, Adrian. I'm excited to chat. Same. Let's get going. All right. So a lot of stuff. It's been wild. Okay, I'm very grateful for having a cup of coffee in my hand right now because I'm probably going to need it. So you start wherever uh, you think's most relevant. How about that? Okay, so um, I guess from a running perspective, a couple weeks ago, I had a kind of a 10K effort. So originally the plan was to do basically run the same the same effort level that I ran my previous 5K on. So not a race, but like, all right, run at this pace level. So I ran the 5K at around 8.15-ish pace, which wasn't, I probably ran a little too hard. James was saying like, hey, easy plus type feel. Um, so uh, I probably ran much closer to like threshold pace. Um, I, was just, I was just kind of juiced up. So I went into that 10K. He was saying, saying like, all right, he kind of told me at first, like, hey, run it like the 5K. 
but I think he meant to like run it, run it like I told you to run the 5K, not how you actually ran the 5K. So I'm saying they're like, all right, I got to hold 815 pace for for 6.2. Um, and then the morning of, he, he sent me a text. He's like, yo, how you doing? I'm like, I'm getting kind of nervous. Don't know if I can do this. He's like, no, no, no. The easy plus feeling, easy plus. And ultimately, I wasn't able to do it. I like end up doing exactly what I did not want to do, which was um, going out too hard. So I went out around like 820 pace. And then I think just like the, the craziness of that week came and bit me um, at around three and a half miles. I just called it and then um, walked for a bit. And then because I was doing an out and back, I like had to run home. Um, yeah, yeah, you gotta go home. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that's gotta... <laughs> like it, it's demoralizing on one hand, but at the same time, I think it kind of helps. Uh, you know, you don't have a choice but to uh, kind of find it within you to go home. I mean, I guess you could call you can call somebody to pick you up, but that's even worse. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I've never gotten to that point. Like, I've gotten, I've had experiences where. You know, I've done a time trial. Time trial was just really hard. And I was like, oh, I'll just jog back to the car. And the jog was more half walk, half jog. But it happens. We learn from it. Yeah. So that was a bummer. Um, You know, it was funny because like in the days leading up and even a couple of days after, I basically was able to do not the full six mile approximation, but something fairly close, basically better than what I did that morning. I was able to do like in a workout by accident, like just on an easy run by accident, which was kind of funny um, how that worked out. But ultimately that was kind of a bummer. Um, but you know, I, I was able to get over it. My, my workout since then, my run since then were, were good. And then I'm just kind of giving you the full download. Let me kind of pick up wherever you want to go. And then this week has been nuts. So, this week, we found out um, that my daughter's good friend at school, so my daughter's in third grade, one of her best friends at school, who she plays with all the time, had got COVID. So my daughter, then we, then we went to like, we found this out. And then um, we, before we found, basically right before we found that out, we had gone to like a hayride type thing, which my daughter oftentimes has allergy issues with, but like she loves going. So we decided to go anyway. So, so that night she ends up having a little bit of a fever. So we're like, Oh no. So like her friend gets COVID all of a sudden she has a fever and she's, you know, she's sneezing, but, but she was at the hayride, you know what I mean? So we, we knew she was going to be sneezing anyway, because she has the symptoms combined with the fact that she was a close contact point with someone who has COVID now she's on like a mandatory state 14 day quarantine, even when she, even if she tests negative. Wow. So she is in, so she's in a mandated quarantine. And now my son and my wife couldn't go to school. My wife's a teacher, couldn't go to school until she had two negative tests. So even today, as we're recording this, this is Thursday afternoon. Like, my, we haven't got her second negative test back yet. So, like, the whole family's been home. The whole family's quarantined and it's been like a crazy thing. And then like all of a sudden my allergies are kicking in, but like I wasn't sure if it was allergies. So like I've had like a splitting yeah. headache all week. It's been like, I it's been so a crazy sorry. week, man. Like I haven't run it all this week. It's just been wild. Yeah. The headache probably, uh, there's gotta be some stress uh, contributing to that. 
Right. And then also like this time of year, I always get allergy stuff too. So like I, so I popped an Allegra D this morning, which seems to have done, done the trick on the headache a little bit. It's curbed it a bit. Um, and yeah, and I got like my first big race is this weekend. So I got on Sunday or whatever, Saturday or Sunday, whichever one works out well. Um, I got like an all out 5k effort. So a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, sorry to hear that about your family. That's a lot. Um, it's just like, it's so crazy how, you know, formerly, you know, we'd be like, Oh, Hey fever. Ha ha. Now it's a little bit of a different deal. Um, with COVID and everything like that. So, yeah. And especially cause like, cause in it, and like, and like we saw my mom and her fiance and my dad this weekend. And like, they're definitely not people who we want to pass COVID to. So it's like, you know, so we get, we're keeping them in the loop with all the testing and like, that's like, you know, that, that drives, that that's a pretty stressful situation. And then all that. Yeah. Then there's running. So let's double back to uh this tent this 10k effort and there i got a couple of questions for you uh first of all um is looking back at it um what kind of were if you can recall what were some of the things that you were telling yourself when was your oh crap moment and how long in between the oh crap moment and the i'm done moment but how much, how far was between that was in that space? Yeah. So I had a couple of crap moments. Um, okay. First one was like when I woke up in the morning, I'm like, oh crap, I'm not going to be able to run 815 pace for 6.2 miles. Like, I'm, That's going to be really, really hard. I don't know if I can do it. Um, dude. That, was, that was the first one. Yeah, dude, you lost that race before it even began. Right. But then... When James is like, yo, I don't want you to do that anyway. Relax. I'm like, all right. No, good point. All right. So we're just doing easy plus. But then I got, then I was like, it was, it was weird. I had this like cognitive dissonance in me the whole time. Like after James said that, I still was in this like, I don't think I can contain, I don't think I can control myself. Like I, cause I'd been thinking about it all week of like trying to get myself ready to do that effort level that, that that original effort level that i like couldn't i just couldn't downshift it was it was a strange feeling of like all right this is what you need to do just go run 840s or whatever like you do that all the time by mistake on easy runs you know what i mean just just do it on purpose you know that's all um but then in my head i'm like no that wasn't the plan and like and i was like witnessing this back and forth in my head like what the hell is this? Like, what, what am I doing to myself? Like, why am I having a back and forth like that? It was this really strange feeling. And then like, and then it was just, this like, all right, well maybe I can do it. I, I was all over the place. And then once the running started, so I, I go out and then I'm, I'm going and, um, you know, first mile and a half, two miles. I'm like, you know what? I know I'm going too hard, but, I think that this is going to be okay. I think it's going to be all right. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. And then I got to the third mile. I'm like, whoa, this feels different. Like it wasn't like, it really kind of came on quick. Um, 
And then I tried to downshift it, but I basically got to kind of the point of no return of like, all right, like at this point, why even kind of like, especially because it was down back. I knew I was going to jog back. It wasn't like I stopped and just hopped in the car. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, the rest of this is just going to be a very different pace. So I might as well just stop the clock and just like walk a bit, catch my breath, you know, get my heart rate settled and just kind of jog home kind of feel or jog to my car, I should say. Um, so that, that was kind of what it ended up being. Um, so there were a couple, there was kind of like some variance there in terms of like the old crap moments. Yeah. Um, it's actually, you, you're set, talking about how crazy it was you doing the back and forth. I actually might counter that perspective a little bit. I think that happens quite often in athletes. Uh, all levels, amateur through professionals, is there something about, um, uh, and I think I would, I would lump a time trial into a competitive situation because you're competing with yourself, right? So we have a tendency, and I think it, a lot of it's just kind of how we're wired as humans are negatively biased. So if we know we're going into a situation that's stressful our natural tendency is to gravitate towards, I'm not ready. I can't do this. My legs don't feel right. And we start questioning, you know, everything under the sun. So what we want to do and, you know, maybe kind of something to practice before your next, well, Sunday, uh, before that is just simply noticing that, okay, I'm having self-defeating thoughts. I'm having negative thoughts. And we're not, you know, chasing them down as much. It's just be like, okay, this, I always do this. This always happens. This means that, yeah, I'm about to do a thing that's difficult. So we do that. We create a little bit of emotional space for ourselves. So it's, it's a basically mindfulness training. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And it was funny because it was like that whole idea of like the conflict, that conflicting. I think it's just like the clarifying or the, the clarifying guidance from James. And like, I wasn't able to fully like latch onto it. And I think part of it might've been just my competitiveness of not wanting to let go of the original goal. Even when I saw the original goal of something that I probably wasn't going to be able to do, I still just couldn't, I couldn't let it go. Well, I think also the uh, emotional center in your brain was already lit up like Times Square and when that happens, it takes a little bit to bring us back down. So this was, you know, the way I see it is this is when we screw something up, sometimes it's actually very useful data is then we can kind of go back and be like, okay, what, what was happening beforehand? You know, was I just, cha- was I duking it out with doubt? Was I winning? Like if we're overwhelmed by it, that's when we need to just start acknowledging, okay, I'm having these thoughts, you know, I don't like them, but they're here. And you know what? This is going to be difficult, but I'm going to give it the best. I, I'm, I'm going to give it the best shot and I'm going to try to relax. So you create some space by just being mindful of what happens. Then how you talk to yourself actually might have a little bit more traction with you. Right. No, that makes sense. No, and I, I, I say, you know, just with daily life, and I mean, this is something I try to practice myself. Is you know, I something in between my ears starts getting really loud. I'm just like, oh, I'm having these thoughts. Like I have, uh, you know, I don't think I'm alone in this. I just call them slow thoughts. 
So maybe I'm more uncomfortable than I think I should be or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, maybe I'm not as fast as I thought I was. Maybe I can't hold this. Wow, this is really not great. Because I caught myself actually in the middle of a long run recently having slow thoughts is, oh, man, this feels really bad. And I'm just sitting there just entertaining these thoughts. And I'm like, hey, uh, you know, you're having these thoughts. Why don't you? I know they happen. Can you stand up a little bit straighter or something like that? Or can you get to that light pole? Yeah, that's right. So it's it, it's the ground level thing is just noticing kind of what's going on. And, you know, is this in service to me or is this just kind of just lighting me up in all the wrong ways? Right. Yeah. So um, so this Sunday, I guess the race plan is basically to have like this extreme negative split of going out basically not a whole lot different than I went out the last two efforts, even though those were not races by any means, um, not even you know, time trials or whatever word you want to use. You know, going out at around eight ten, eight fifteen pace, and then second mile, a little bit under eight minute pace, and then third mile, kind of see what you got type feel. Um, I think part of the backstory with that is that like I've never negative split a five k ever, so I think James knows that. So I think he's really trying to lay it on the idea of like, don't go out too hard, please, don't go out too hard. Yeah. So what is, so what's something that you could, a cue you can use to remind yourself um, to kind of keep it, to keep it contained in the first mile? I guess, I guess the fact that it's a time trial is is somewhat beneficial in that I'm not going to be, there's no other people to, to try to make sure I'm not feeding off of. Um. So I think that 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 can be beneficial for sure. Um, I think the idea of, hey, this isn't a whole lot different than I went out the last two times I've done this. So I can just say, hey, just do what you did last time. Like, it might not have been great last time you did it, but this is exactly what you want to do this time. So I feel like on some level, I've kind of grooved that pace um, a little bit. So just kind of just just kind of going back to it. I think on some hey, level, you have to remind yourself, Hey, I've been training this. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I did that again. I wasn't supposed to go out that fast the first two times, but now I can just say, Hey, just do what you did last time. <laughs> that worked out great. Like in terms of like preparing yourself for today, but I don't know if that's really a prompting. This may be more beforehand. Gotcha. So may I offer a suggestion on kind of how to package this thing up mentally? Oh, please do. Okay, so this is not going to be earth shattering or anything, but this is probably uh, the simplest yet most useful queuing system for a 5K. First mile is to be run, mile one, with relaxation. So relaxed jaw, relaxed shoulders, kind of thinking about what thoughts are helpful and just kind of telling the thoughts that aren't, I don't have time for this right now. It's just simply just kind of, you know, getting your body into the effort and mind and body easing into it. So it's not like the blasted from a cannon feeling. That's not what we want. So with relaxation, because if we relax, it's counterintuitive, but that's where our speed comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So relaxed equals fast because it, it probably won't feel as fast because you're not forcing, but that's, you know, that that's, that's how, you know, I advise pretty much every runner I work with is mile one with relaxation. Mile two, we want to run it with focus because there's going to be a point where it probably will not be as exciting and fun and we'll experience discomfort. Notice I say discomfort and not pain is we focus on the task at hand. So whatever pace you want to be on. You kind of want to give yourself, I always say, give yourself a window is you want to be in between X and X pace. So that way we're not trying to thread a needle too harshly um, because we're not cars. It's really hard to do. Last mile with heart is your brain's going to be telling you one thing. Uh, Your lactate system's going to be telling you another thing. This is where you have to remind yourself that like, okay, not today. I'm giving this my best effort. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and I definitely want to make sure that I'm relaxed in the beginning. Um, but again, that was like also not in a, in a sense relaxed, but also mindful. Like I think the relaxation part is part of why I went out too fast the first time. So the first 5K, which was supposed to be like, you know, easy plus. I think I was almost too relaxed in a sense. Like I was like, I just like running faster. I just, I enjoy it better. So I think I was relaxed, happy mode. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I just kind of went, I kept going. I looked down, I'm like, oh no, what are you doing? You're going way too fast. Um, so I think that, you know, and that's part of it. Like I get into that mode of like, all right, I know this is what I always tell myself, like you should not be breathing hard that hard at the beginning of a 5k. Like it's not, it's not game time yet. You should be chill. Um, but it's to the point where like, I guess in part because like, you know, at least for me, I warm up a little differently for like a race than I would for an easy run or whatever that like just chill, relaxed, just naturally, not only does it feel different, it is different because I'm so primed. And ready to roll. Right. So, yeah, it, it's like everybody kind of has to find their own frequency. But, you know, I think that's usually a pretty helpful approach uh, for a lot of people is because you want to be intense, of course. You know, we don't want to be a Zen master. Um, you're not running a 100 or something like that. So we do need a little bit of activation. But we just want to be mindful that we're not going over the edge and wasting stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One thing I wanted to talk to you about today, and I actually sent you a quick um, a quick uh, text message last week about it, was just behavior that like I have, I have found to be pervasive within me since forever. Um, and I think it kind of stems from just what I've been, what I was praised for, at least sought praise for early on when I was a kid, for sure. And I've kind of stuck with it ever since was like the idea of like trying to, it's like almost like the gifted person situation of like, wow, you got, you know, almost like the feeling of like, I'd rather get an A minus without studying than like an A plus with studying. Gotcha. Like to say like, Hey, look what I was able to do. And I didn't even, you know, and I didn't even try that hard, you know? Um, again, it was never like that explicit nor planned, but like, you know, like the same thing where someone will be like, Hey, you ran a great, 
you know, mile. And you're like, I didn't even start doing speed work yet, you know, type thing, right? You see that in running sometimes, um, whether it's true or not. Um, but that whole idea of like getting solid to good results with minimal effort as opposed to like great results with great effort for some reason has always like appealed to me. And even now, like during this journey, you know, we're, we're at the quarter, we're at the quarter, we're at the quarter mark right now. We just finished three months in. Um, I'm noticing that of myself, like I'm doing certain things really well, like with the running, like I've really progressed and I'm staying on the plan and all that stuff. And, and not that like it's now it's gone perfectly, but like I've been diligent, but like, I haven't been diligent with like the strength training part. And like, I've been diligent with like the meals, but I haven't been diligent with like going to bed early, which is like sabotaged some of the diet, the nutrition type stuff. And it's like, I know better. Right. And I'm working with people who know better and I'm getting all this advice and I'm finding myself falling into that same habit of like not giving it everything I got even though that's my explicit desire to do so. And I, and I can feel myself falling back into that feeling of like, of, um, you know, giving that 85% effort, getting 90% results and claiming 100% victory. Okay. So first question is, um, you know, do you agree or disagree that this may be potentially kind of a, an ego saving mechanism? Because what if, you know, you went all out, you put, you know, maybe not max effort, but close in and you fell short? I think there are certainly times where that has been the case in my life. I don't think in this process I'm there yet. Okay, good. Because it's so early. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's more of like there are times where like it's, you know, it's early in the in the process where it's like, hey, like you're, you know, it's like, and I caught myself, you know, I basically like pushed back on a couple of people and I probably was too harsh about it. I didn't mean to be harsh, but I think I used, the language I used wasn't ideal. Um, people like, hey, like, again, I wasn't, I'm, I'm making sound worse than it was, but like some people were like, hey, you're going to crush it. You're going to kill 40 minutes. Like you're, you're doing so good. You're going to kill, you're going to beat that. No problem. And I'm like, oh no, like this is the trap. This is the trap for me. Like before I used to relish those kinds of compliments and I'm like, I got to knock, I got to knock it off. Like, so I send messages to people who, again, who I'm friends with being like, I thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. But like, this is not going to be easy. You need to slow your roll a little bit. Like, this is going to be really hard. Like, and like, if I get it, it's going to probably be by the skin of my teeth. Like this is, I'm not going to crush this. This is going to be really, really hard. You know, and it was like not even so much for them, even though I was directing it towards them. I think it was probably more so like for myself. So I wasn't going to fall into this habit like that I saw myself going towards. Right. Where it's just like, oh, yes, the, the whole I can do that. And we don't actually explore or think any deeper as to why. Just that, oh, it sounds possible. That's good enough. And that's not, you know, that's not going to get the job done in this case. Right. And these people were, were being so nice. Like they were just trying to be supportive. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to be like, you can run a 35 minute 10K. I think they were just trying was their way of being supportive. But I was like, I can't think like that. I just can't. And I, and, and for some reason in that moment, I feels like I need to push back. I just, yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this, well, but I and knew I think it. too, we are just in rounding the first quarter of this. 
And, you know, what we want to think about is because that we're almost looking too far into the future and we either get kind of in a comfortable stage where we kind of start uh, letting some things slide because we're not there yet or we get so freaked out we avoid. Um, But what, you know, probably a way to kind of get a rein in on some of these little behaviors is just kind of be like, okay, you know, you know how big I am on just kind of the short term is what's a short term goal, you know, whether it's going to bed about 30 minutes earlier on average than you did last week, what's something you can stick to that's going to help put you more in alignment with what you're trying to do. Right. And I think for me, like the easy goal for that one is just like go to bed when my wife goes to bed. Like, I don't even need to I don't even need to, like, come up with like a plan. Just like she's going to bed. I'm going to bed. Right. And then we have to make a commitment to do it because there's a big difference between motivation and commitment. We're not always going to be motivated. Um, I don't care who you are. You may be an Olympic champion. You're not always going to be motivated to stick to your nutrition, to go for to go for your daily run or something like that. Commitment is what we want to want to pull into is be like, okay, this is important to me. I don't want to do it. We're going to do it anyway, because it's going to feel good to get this in, whatever it is. Right. So we want to tie into, okay, how can this, you know, I don't want to do it right now, but how can this change the way I see myself and my ability to follow through if I do this? We, we start stacking up those little wins. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because like once, I guess part, maybe it's part of it, just like the, the, like the framing of it. Like once things become like real and expected for me, I, that's when I, that's when I get into that mode that I was mentioning before of like trying to get maximum results with as little effort as possible. Right. Um, and you know, it's a little different when things have been hobbies or side or side hustles or whatever, but as soon as they become like a central part of what's going on, that has, that's always kind of like been my default mode. Um, where do you think that comes from? I think, I think a part of it is that like, it's easy to get praised for that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's easy to get praised for like, you're like, all right, like, Oh, yeah, and, and I remember this like just like as clear as day. Like, oh, I studied for ten minutes on that test, and for ten minutes on that test, right? I didn't study at all for that test, you know, type thing, right? Or you'll see athletes again who are like, um, oh, I'm new to this sport, right? As you're a kid, right? You just kind of pick it up, right? Or like, you know, like, um, you know, when you're when you're new, to, you know, when you're a kid, and you're like, all right, or like, I remember shoot, I remember cross country sophomore year. Right? I never, I did cross country middle school. I didn't do his freshman year high school. I played football, and then cross country sophomore year again. I played basketball. That was my thing. But then go out for cross country, and like, I loved the fact that like first day, like I ran well against some kids, and like I like rebelled against wearing like the cross country shorts, and like for me. Instead of it being like, oh, I don't like short shorts, it was like this idea of like, see, I'm only like half committed and I'm doing well against y'all type feeling. And it's like, it pains me to say that because it's so ridiculous. It just, well, I appreciate it's you just being honest so ridiculous. It. But it's like, it, it, I took pride in it. 
to be like, I'm as good as you and I'm not trying as hard. Instead of being like, wow, you're trying really hard and I admire your effort. It was more like, you should admire my talent instead. And like, God, it sucks to say that. But like, that's definitely how I approached it. And like, and now it's like a habit that like, I know is backfiring. Yeah. Well, now that you've spoken it into existence to me and all your listeners. So what's the next step so that we start leaving this behind? Oh, God, I have no idea. Gotcha. I feel like it's like all encompassing. Okay. So what about, you know, was there ever a time when you feel like you put in maybe not like all out max effort, but you kind of completed the program, you checked the boxes and you were able to accomplish something? I'm sure you've studied for a test at least once in your life. Oh, yeah. Please say sure. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, isn't I've been able You're to talking do... to somebody who studied for hours in college. So that was the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, from a long-term perspective, I would say, I would say from a running, I could actually go back to running. Like my second marathon, I, I did a really good job preparing for that thing. Like I remember my, my coach at the time who was a former coach over at Brown, he had retired at that point. Um, and he was coaching a lot of people in the Rhode Island area, uh, for Ronald McDonald house running. And, I remember him telling me prior to that race, he was like, hey, you did the best of anyone I was coaching for fall marathons in terms of sticking to the plan and setting yourself up to succeed. He goes, you're not going to be the fastest person I'm coaching, but you did as well, if not better than anyone doing that. And I remember taking so much pride in that because I could have never said that before about anything. Like I've done that in, in during short periods of time, but not 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 like... And not that this was a long period of time either, but like I did it for 100% of the time allotted. So you um, do, I mean, new. you do have the ability to make the switch. Yeah. So I did it for that. You know, the, the punchline is that marathon went horribly, but ultimately I was really excited when he said that. It, uh, is, before a, the race. it is a marathon, however. So that training and that work you put in, it's not like you just dump it all out and it doesn't exist. That's, in your cells, in your muscles, in your bones. Right. But I, I'm just laughing now because I, I could I can't be like, and see, and the, and the proof was in the pudding. Look what happened. Right. Like, nah. right, right, right. But um but yeah, so like that that would be an example of of me actually doing it and following through. And I think part of it, I know, I know that the main reason for it was the accountability mechanism of like I was seeing him once a week in person to do it. So I saw him at every track workout every Tuesday morning. Um, so that was a part of it for sure. And like, I was also in the track group that in the track sessions I was doing, I was the slowest one because I was um, in terms of marathon pace. Cause I always exceeded. I was always much better on the track than on like longer runs. So like I would do track workouts with people who were preparing to run like 310 to 305 marathons and i was preparing for a 330 because that's just like how my body works so like i was always like all right like i never got ahead of myself because i was always trying to keep up with these other folks so i think that like those two things combined helped set me up for that yeah you weren't the freak who just showed up and 
ran a five minute mile in basketball shorts or something like that. Right, right, exactly. And I had already run a marathon ahead of before that that didn't go well. Like I undertrained for it, so I I already experienced what undertraining felt like. So I was also working off of a failure of sorts. Like I would definitely call that failure. Like that 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 was not an enjoyable experience. So I definitely had the pain of like, if hey, if you're not going to follow through here, like you know what that's going to feel like. Yeah, I can I I can only imagine just the thought of it, just sitting here. I'm like, ow. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, so you know, if, if you were to look at somebody who would be kind of a realistic kind of model for the behavior that you want to shift to. Can you think of anybody? And you don't have to say it out loud, but does somebody come to mind? Oh, for sure. Like there's definitely people that I coach that I look at and I'm just in awe by in terms of their consistency and, and all the things that I mentioned that I don't do like they, they do. Yeah. So I think it's what if we kind of sat there and made the decision to follow their lead a little bit, whoever these individuals are. We don't have to yeah, reinvent the wheel, but you know, sometimes it's kind of nice. Like we don't have habits yet. Like that's actually how I learned to study, to be quite honest, is I was hanging out with a girl who obviously got better grades than me. She wasn't any more intelligent than I was, but her work ethic, I was just like, wait, I can do that. I don't want to, but okay. If, you know, I just have kind of have to follow this girl's name was Ashley. I just have to follow Ashley's lead a little bit and let's see. And, and let's see what happens. So obviously it, it was a helpful thing, but uh, you know, I think that modeling is a pretty powerful technique, especially when it comes to habit change. Cause we're never going to be this person, but we can definitely kind of take behaviors cause they're providing a bit of a template. Yeah. No, for sure. That's a great point. I'm going to do like the running version of like the, the WWJD bracelet. Nice. <laughs> like having it for like for the person that I'm envisioning. And I realize like that now that sounds so incredibly corny, but, um, you know, we, we learn, I mean, we can go back to Albert Bandura's research is vicarious learning. Is it, is they, we can go back to different studies. Somebody does a behavior, somebody else models it for good or for bad. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I, I totally get that. Um, and if a WWJD bracelet works for you, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find a friend with a J name. Yeah, I got Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, that that's just something that I know that about myself. It's happened to me like in work situations over and over again as well. And then we have um, to be, okay, what would I be telling somebody right now when I want to do this thing? Like if I'm going to engage in something self-destructive or put myself down um, on a good day, I'll catch myself and just be like, Hey, Adrian, would you tell your client or would you, would you advise them to do what you're doing or about to do? Of course the answer is no. So okay, maybe we need to shift directions a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder just from an so accountability just comes perspective. Down to the yeah, the bottom line is awareness and perspective is I'm doing this thing. And instead of being like, oh my God, I always do this. Be like, okay, let's kind of punch in my GPS a little bit and reroute this decision. 
Right. Because it's always like, not that I do something negative, it's that I'm not doing the, enough of the positives. Right. Right. So it's not in, in this situation, it's not like I'm reaching for the hostess cupcake, which I certainly have done. And I'm not going to act like I haven't. <laughs> I, I'm talking more of the things that like, all right, you should be doing these 10 things. You're always doing six. Right. Type thing. Do seven. Don't go for all 10. And I think that's just going to, you're just going to end up more, more frustrated and build from there. So we think we can do, we, we can uh, target the seven out of 10. All right. That sounds good. Obviously that that's, there aren't necessarily 10 things, but yeah, like I'll that should I, should I start writing these things down? Like things that like really like getting a nice sheet of like, all right, here are the responsibilities yeah, I what I would do like is is have kind of set your intentions. Um, you know, I know there's training journals that have that in there built in. Like, I know they have the Believe Training Journal, but is just kind of put down like for each day. Like my I because uh, I mean we have to have some follow through with the intention with the intention, of course. But today is. Speed work day and uh, go to bed when Holly goes to bed today or something like that. So the, 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 these are the things that, you know, that are important to me. And there can be more, but I think because like for me, I don't like to foam roll, but I need to foam roll. So that gets, you know, I write out, you know, especially the days when that needs to happen. And normally that increases compliance just by simply just kind of keep working on keeping yourself accountable. Because if it's just kind of floating around in our head and we're not downloading this, um, we're so easily distracted, it's not even funny. So that's why kind of setting it and writing it out uh, tends to be so helpful. So if you need some extra accountability, you can... uh, Send it to me in a Google Doc or text a picture or something like that of what you write down. And that's the other thing, too. Is that that's one of the things that I haven't been doing is logging all this stuff the way I intended to log, <laughs> intended to log all this stuff. Um, that was yeah, one well, of the and, things and that's that also some of that's on, on me for not like prodding you more and be like, hey, where's my info? So that's something I can get better at. I'm really good at sharing the positive stuff. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> So I'm I'm over here clapping. Good job. Good job. But yeah, I think let's, uh, I think tonight, tomorrow, whenever you kind of lay out uh, your game plan, uh, just send me, send me what you're doing. How about that? Now, do you want it just, do you want it whole life related or just running related? Or what are you thinking? Uh, you know what? I think whatever is important to you, send to me. Deal. All right. That sounds good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, wow. We covered some ground today, didn't we? Gosh, we could, we could touch on this topic every month. I'm, I have no doubt. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we, we're not done with this conversation, but I think this is probably a good stopping point for it. So anything else uh, burning on the fire that we needed to make sure we addressed? No, not really. I mean, this is the first time I'm talking about the COVID stuff. I haven't shared it on social media or anything. Um, you know, we're doing everything that we need to do. I just want to let people know if they're listening to this, like we're following all the guidelines or who we're telling and all of that. Um, but besides that, no, that's that. That's pretty much all of it. Okay. 
Well, be safe. Hopefully everything on the COVID end of things turns out to continue to be okay. And I will talk to you shortly. Prevnex on board for Mastering 40. I love it. I love Prevnex so much. So many times in the Rambling Runner podcast, I talk about the supplements that they have that I love. Let me talk to you about something else. Their shake mix is absolutely fantastic. It's vegan, gluten-free. It is so good. So they it's advertised, you see, it's called the Neurofi Plus. It's called a protein, basically like a protein powder, but there's so much more to it. It's basically a cross between a protein powder and a meal replacement drink. I'll tell you when I love to have it. It's right when I come back from my morning run. So I come in for my morning run. I'm usually coming in. So I leave around five. And then if I have, again, I've been using this stuff for a long time. I mean, I've been injured lately, so this hasn't been the case recently. But when I was fairly healthy, this was always how I used it and how I'm going to use it in the future as well, is I'll come in for my run, leave at five, get in around six-ish. And then at that time, my kids are rocking and rolling, right? If they're not downstairs already, they're about to come downstairs as soon as they hear the door open. I can't make a full breakfast. It's just, I can't do it. The kids are going nuts. I have to wait. So what I like to do is get Neurofi Plus, two scoops right into my Prevenex handheld, shake it up with water. Good to go. It's exactly the nutrition I need. And it's super convenient, which for so many of us is such a big deal. So go to Prevenex.com. That's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. Also, before we get to my next pro, I also want to give a huge shout out to Inside Tracker. I'm going to do an Inside Tracker test on Tuesday. Why do I want to do that? Well, I may know how I look in the mirror. I may know how I feel when I do kind of a self assessment and try to figure out what's going on in my life. Ultimately, what I don't know is exactly what's happening inside my body. And that is what Inside Tracker can help me out with. So, whether it's how's my vitamin D, how's my iron, how's my ferritin, how's my you name it. You know, almost, you know, we're talking about 40 different biomarkers they're going to test you for. They also have the inner age. They also have the immunity test. They have so many things going on in terms of what they're able to provide to their customers that you get a true and accurate picture of exactly what's going on with your body. And, and this is why it's important to me, not only capturing that, but then capturing it every three to four months or so to see how you're coming along. The other one is, you know, especially for someone like me, is testosterone. I've had testosterone go up and down in my life. And when it, you know, when you hit the valley with testosterone, you know, it's not great. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, something that can really affect you in so many ways. And, you know, for some people, they feel the same way if they're low in ferritin or they're low in the vitamin D. And it can really be this pervasive thing. And making sure that you're on top of this is so important because you can't look in the mirror or hop on a scale and tell this stuff. You need to get your blood work done. And I trust Inside Tracker. So go to InsideTracker.com and use code INSIDE20. Spell that all out. Don't just, not the numbers 20. Spell it out. Inside20 to save 20%. And that's a huge number because you get their ultimate package. There's a lot in there. And if you're saving 20%, that can really, really help you out. In addition, I have a link in the show notes that you can click right on it. You'll get right to that page and save the money that you need to save. So let's get into it back again with my featured co-hosts and professionals. James, 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 Coach McCurdy. We're talking first thing Monday morning. Just had the McCurdy trained 5K yesterday for the people. How about you just tell them where you are? Because you're you're talking really early right now and you're not even in your house. Well, no, so it's not that early. I mean, it's it's 7.51 a.m. It's not oh, like so you're I'm in the Eastern a... time zone? I thought yeah, you we're... I thought this was more Midwest. No, we're in Michigan. See, I always lose track of where the Eastern time zone ends. 
Dude, I wouldn't know where the heck I am if it wasn't for Heather. <laughs> uh, no, I, I did not know that Michigan was Eastern time zone. Actually, I had a, had a call with uh, Coach Sidney DeVore a few weeks back, and uh, I, I thought it was Central time zone. I had no idea, you know? Uh, so it's, it's the far west of the Eastern time zone that you can possibly be. There you go. Which is really weird to me because it is – it really should be in central. If you if you were to just go down Michigan, I think there are states below it that are in the central time. I don't know that for a fact though, because I'm not really good with geography. But this is why people come to this podcast. It's for <laughs> geogra- you know, geographical opinion. It's so I appreciate true. we're really it's diving true. into this. Yeah, they get to understand the true workings of my mind. <laughs> so what, what what's going on? What what are you guys attending? So uh, we we are here uh, for the Michigan Pro Half Marathon, the Hanson's original distance project. They oddly enough, their very first uh, distance project in the nation. I did not realize that until this past week. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know their history. Uh, well, I mean, I knew their history. I just didn't know how 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 extensive it actually was. Uh, they are putting on the one of the only professional half marathons this week on Wednesday. Uh, at 10 o'clock for the women, 10.20 for the men uh, at a park out, outside of Rochester Hills, Michigan. Um, some of the best runners, honestly, this for the men and for the women, some of the best runners in U.S. history are running this half marathon. And many of them will be focusing on the Marathon Project 2020 in Chandler, Arizona um, in, in, at the end of December. As well as many of them will be running 5K, 10K on December 4th and 5th uh, at a place, uh, I forget exactly where the location is in LA, but it's called, the meet is called the track meet, held by, hosted by uh, Sound Running, and the meet director there is Jesse Williams. I love the creativity that everyone's using for these events to make them happen. It seems like the creativity ended in the logistic phase, not with the, not with the naming of these events yeah but yeah, i yeah, love yeah, yeah, that right. all these people are getting together it's almost like this like national series that's been created where a lot of these athletes are kind of going from one stop to the next i was talking about it with somebody else um it, it's pretty interesting because it, in my mind um the best athletes in the country are now forced to race each other they don't normally do this we don't normally have a stacked event like this half marathon that just happened uh, uh, it, a month ago, it wasn't in existence, right? So we don't often see these these half marathons, these marathons with the best runners in the nation. I mean, when, when I say that, I mean, I'm talking about some of the best runners that ran at the Olympic trials in in, uh, in the marathon this past February, on top of some of the best 10K runners in the country are showing up for this half marathon, uh, are showing up for the, the track meet that's going on in early December, are showing up for the marathon project. It's we don't see it because at the, they all have their own different visions and different goals of what their season is going to turn out to be, their different focuses. But when no meets exist and we and, and, and a group like Hanson's put this on and uh, uh, someone like Ben Rosario or Josh Cox and, and Big River Running, when their in, in, uh, uh, ingenuity uh, allows them to create something, people will come. Yeah, maybe someday, maybe someday we can have some sort of like centralized group that can be in charge of the United States, you know, track and field runners who can really put something on <laughs> to, to get everyone together. They've tried. Unfortunately, they consistently fail 
or what they have failed in the past because it comes down to money. Why would a professional runner who makes a living doing this on the track, for example, why would they go to a meet that wouldn't be able to pay them maybe even just a quarter of what they could make if they were to run in Europe? You know, like they try, they just, they need more money behind it. Uh, and I think what we'll find is maybe in 2021, maybe we'll see that change. And I really do hope so because these athletes deserve a chance to make a living. They deserve a chance to, to do their job. And, and these, these coaches and these race directors are, are, these coaches are becoming race directors are finding a way to make that happen. And I'm really excited for it. All right. Speaking of races, we had uh, my 5K this past weekend. So just to catch everybody up, I did run um, a 5K about uh, six weeks ago or so, but that was a workout, right? So it was like, all right, easy plus was the, the prescription. I ran it too hard. I ran it probably closer to threshold pace, which was fine in that moment. And we had the 10K a few weeks ago. We haven't recorded after, the, after that, um, but that was basically – um, and I talked all about that with Adrian. So if you're listening to this podcast, then you're, you're going to hear plenty on that. But basically, I was all in my head. I DNF'd it. Um, but again, it was more of a workout. But it just my head was all over the place. And, it, and people who are listening to this will hear me talk with Adrian about that. And then yesterday, which was an all out effort um, with plenty of guidance from you on how to approach it. So let's talk about your your plan for me going into the race and what your general thoughts were uh, regarding what you thought that day might bring? Well, my thought was if you gave yourself a chance and you didn't run like an idiot in the first 10 to 15 minutes, that you would have the ability to do what you are naturally inclined to do is run fast uh, and have and, and demonstrate some power. So my initial thought was we just have to make this a progression 5K uh, and then give you freedom to choose to run as fast as you want later in the effort. Um, so my, my guidance on that was, was exactly that. Here's a speed limit for the, the first mile. Here's what I would like to see nearer to the second mile. Um, and I had you auto lap your watch at every quarter mile so you'd understand sooner rather than later. And that's something we've talked about on, on, on many podcasts um, for 5Ks for uh, many athletes to do is auto lap the 5K, uh, the, the, the watch to 0.25 miles versus one mile. Uh, so you can understand, yeah, are you running too slow too soon or are you running too fast too soon? So you can make those minor adjustments three seconds, four seconds off isn't a big deal in a quarter mile. But if, if you recognize it sooner, you can change it. But if you're just auto-lapping the first mile, 15 seconds in the first mile, it's a pretty devastating mistake. So we adjusted with the, the auto-lap, and, you, you, and honestly, you, you, you ran really, really well, and I was really proud of you. Well, I did this on a track, which is also something that you want me to do. And so I have a Koros watch. No, they're not a sponsor. No free ads. But it is nice. to. It, they do have a really nice setting. They actually have a feature where I, they're the only watch I know of that actually um, aligns to a track after your first five minutes or so and gives you like a really precise reading on a track, which most watches don't. So with that said, I was just manually lapping at the quarter mile mark, which is fine because because it's a track. It's not there's no guessing. 
you're, you're, you're right there doing it. So, um, I mean, for me, like I was gonna be looking down at my watch anyway, so it really was no more effort than it would have been already. Um, so that was nice. I like, I like having that feature on the watch anyway, the, with a lot of watches, you know, they don't have, and this is what, this is the, my initial, my initial burst and effort in this race was a little, was not what we had planned because once you press start, you have to like kind of move the dial to get to the wash face you want. Oh, so I had to move gotcha. it a couple of times to get to like the lap feature, not lap. Yeah. Like I could press lap at any feature, but in order to get like the reading I wanted on the screen, I had to play with the dial in the first 50 meters and my legs just took off and I didn't even realize it. I was like, my focus was completely on my watch. So we get to the first, I finished the turn, get the hundred meter mark, look down. I see 25 seconds. I'm supposed to see 31 seconds. So I've now completely blitzed the first hundred meters of this 5k. I'm like, Oh my God, did I just ruin this already? But and it wasn't that dramatic, but so I, well, I let's, completely let's, down. Let's, uh, let's break, let's break that down for a moment. That's a really, really interesting point you just brought up. Did I just blow this already? And here's why you did not. Right in the first 25 seconds, your heart rate is only going to go so high. Okay, uh, it's not going to go from zero or not zero, but you know, 110 to to 190 in 25 seconds. There's not enough time for that to take place. So by you recognizing that you went too fast for the first hundred meters, the first 25 seconds, by you recognizing that, you settled into a pace and you didn't allow yourself to blow up because. It was just 25 seconds. It wasn't that big of a deal. And it was just the first 25 seconds. You weren't already inside of the race. So it, it wasn't because you went too fast too soon. You, you recognized and you didn't, you didn't hold on to it. You didn't just say, screw it. I'm just going to go for it. You adjusted. And that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I didn't, and then basically at that point, I kind of had decision make was like, all right, do I compensate? And then try to get like the 200 meter split to be the one I want, which was roughly like one minute and two seconds. Like, so like all of a sudden, instead of running 640 pace, I'm running like 910 pace for the second 100 meters and split the difference. At that point, I was like, all right, I don't want to play those kind of yo-yo games of going back and forth. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to downshift slowly. It, I know that my 200 meter split's going to be off. My 300 meter split's going to be off. My 400 meter split's going to be off. But I want to like slowly get back to the mean. So like my first lap was so look here 152, which is 740 pace. But I would say the last 300 meters were on point. Yeah, exactly. That was only that was only six seconds off, and you were six seconds off from the first hundred meters. All in all, the the crux of it is you made the right adjustment. You didn't try to put this balancing act the rest of the way. You just focused on the next block. That's all you really can do. You know, you you don't want to over adjust. Yeah. Did you make a mistake? Sure. But you corrected the mistake and that's important. And you corrected it early. Yeah. So that, so I'm, I was glad that I was able to even that out. And then, you know, I was probably, you know, the rest of the first mile, I didn't get quite to 813 pace. It was, you know, probably closer to 805 pace. Second mile, I was right at eight minute pace. And I think around lap seven ish, right? I was basically right around the halfway point. I had that feeling of like, that's when it started hitting me of like, all right, um, kind of like past threshold pace in terms of my breathing, you know, and it's like, this sucks. <laughs> like I got to that point where I think we all hit it in these races where you're like, I'm, my legs are fine, but like, 
uh, this now from a lungs perspective, this is not getting enjoyable. And it's like at that point, I was just kind of like dying to get to like the fast stuff where it was like, all right. And this is why 10Ks can be so brutal. And so you just have to like live in that zone where like the 5Ks were like, if I'm going faster, at least it's like it's just more fun and you can like handle it. Like, no, I'm going fast. It's okay to feel like this. Like where like, you're kind of in that middle zone. You're like, I'm not really going that. I'm not killing myself here, but like, I feel like death by paper cut. (laughs) It's interesting, right? Like, you know, you race a mile. It's only a few minutes. It's not the end of the world. You're willing to suffer. You know what, what that should feel like. Um, You race for just, you know, two or three miles. And all of a sudden, that that drastically changes because your exposure to that pain is so much longer. Um, you know, you're like Icarus with that 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 ball uh, going up the or, or you know, flying too close to the sun. Rather, you're um, who, who's the guy that does that 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 the Greek mythology that that has Icarus go, or uh, the 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 stone ball going up the hill? Who is that? Yeah, it's not Icarus isn't the stone ball guy. I, no. I shoot, it's funny. I actually read a story that that referenced him last week, and now I'm forgetting. Yeah, I can't think of it. That's all right. It doesn't really matter. Sis- is it Sisyphus? Yes, Sisyphus. That's what it is. You know the the point the the idea that it's it's just this never ending thing. <laughs> it just doesn't stop hurting. Um, I think in a five k, regardless of how long it takes you, I think in a five k, it's it's this this idea that you you have to ride that line. Um, and be willing to ride that line through the entirety of it. Uh, and I think, you know, the purpose for you in this wasn't to get to that line right away, was to have a, a very enjoyable ex- experience. Um, and I wanted, if we, took, if we take a step back, we talk about that 10K for a moment. The 10K was dread. The 10K was, man, I can't do this. I'm not capable. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm... You have a race plan for me, James, but I'm just going to kind of, I'm just going to do my own thing type of thing. And all of a sudden it, it became this impossible task, but you, you listened this time around and you allowed yourself for success later on. And you might, it, it, this is not your best 10, or this is not your best 5k. This is your best 5k of the season. I know you can run faster, but for the purposes of the season, this is exactly what I wanted you to feel. And I think it's important to recognize that you have a lot more in you right now, but we weren't trying to race us all out from the gun. We're just trying to run the fastest you ran for the season. Well, let me put a bow on that because this was as many people who listened to this show, um, you know, mentioned to me over over um, you know Instagram yesterday. They saw me post about this. This was the first time that I'd ever actually complete successfully completed a race plan in my life, <laughs> like went into a race plan, had a goal and completed it. Um, most of the time, you know, there's been different reasons for that, either because of some sort of failure on my part, either intentional or unintentional, um, not intentional failure, but you know what I mean? Like either it just, it didn't work out or like I didn't, you know, handle my, excuse me, handle myself correctly. Or there have been times where I've had race plans where my coach was maybe more ambitious about what they thought my current fitness was then reality i just couldn't do the plan that's happened before as well with that all being said this was the first time i actually got a plan did it ended well first time negative split a 5k so 
I had a lot of positives with all of that, which I was really excited about. Now, it's not to say that you won't make mistakes in the future. We're, we're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to have those days that are rough. But this is definitely something that you can walk away from and say, man, like, I know I, I can do something. Uh, a mistake in the future isn't going to be as deflating as they may have once felt, right? It's just going to be, okay, well, I messed up there, but I know I can because I did, I just did, you know, um, even with workouts, um, I think you'll be able to walk away from this with a lot more confidence and that gets me as a coach for you really excited because a belief is starting to grow. You know, you, you, you no longer are, would you say I can't, or I never have, or this you know, that's just not how I run or I'm not, I, I, I'm not capable. No longer can you say that because you can and you are. Yeah, there you go. You know, and again, this was, was it my fastest 5K? No, in fact, it was maybe one of my slowest ever. Like, I think I beat this when I was in seventh grade. But the fact of the matter is that like, I had a plan, I have my current fitness level and that's the, that's the important point. And the relative point, and the, and the 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 relative point, and with all of that said, you know, it really gets me excited to keep to keep going. And you know, three weeks from now, we have the 10k. So we just had the 5k. Um, this one was all out. The 10k is the last race of this kind of this McCurdy train series. Uh, what are your thoughts on how we're going to be approaching that one? So my thought is we run it exactly as we we try to run the most recent 10K. We don't take it as a race. We just make it a good, long progression run. Um, I think that's more important than you trying to race for, for 48 minutes, 49 minutes. I think just a good, long progression run, having fun and free-flowing. Where we go from here is we try to try to focus on what we want February and March and April to look like. And what I'd like to see in that time is a 5k distance in the 21 range maybe even into the 2030 range i think that that is the next step now i know that sounds like a lot but the amount of growth you've seen in the last eight to ten weeks now that we've started doing speed and started having some true structure the amount of growth you've seen is uh around two minutes in your 5k well, now that we're actually doing more work and you're being more consistent, you actually feel pretty good. Well, we should see even more. So over the next bit of time, all of November, all of December, all of January, the miles are going to increase. The speed work volume is going to increase just a little bit, not a ton, but just a little bit. And what we'll see from that, the benefit we'll see from that, of that consistency and a little bit more speed volume is you're going to have another drastic increase. We're going to change some of the intensity that we're working on, uh, but I'd really like to be in that 21 flat to 2030 range in that 5K. That would be ideal in that February, April range. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's going to make or break the entire purpose of the project, but I think that's what we should anticipate to, to cover. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's you know a little bit fast. What's it, a little slower? Let's see. We're saying 2030 to 21. Was it like 6.45 pace-ish? Yeah, just about. You know, we got three and a half, four months to get there. You know, I think that's a good goal. And I think to get there, obviously, the training part is there, but we focus on continued uh, rest. 
We focus on continued good nutrition uh, and hydration and then doing the other things that it takes to get there. Um, you know, one of the things that, that can, can mess with people so often is just doing, trying to do too many things. <laughs> so keeping you contained in just the simplicity of it all is, is key. Well, I'm excited. We finished it. So this one, this race for people who, um, if they haven't seen the post on Instagram, which I'm not necessarily you know, suggesting that you should have, um, I will say this. So today, so we talked about what the race plan was in terms of the negative split. It ended up being 759 first mile, 757 second mile, and then 711 uh, last mile. And then my last finishing kick um, was just a shade over six minute pace. So I did finish strong, which was nice um, all the way around. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, can we do a workout today, man? I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. What, uh, what shoes did you wear for this? So um, I used my first plated shoe ever. So I have been training um, with, you know, uh, Atreyu has had did sponsor the first few months of this episode of this podcast. They actually they sold out of all their shoes. Oh. <laughs> they didn't have any more shoes all left. Right. So they they're like we don't, they really shouldn't be doing any more marketing because we ran out of shoes. Um, they're they're doing a whole lot more and they're actually putting out a carbon plated racer in the beginning of 2021, which I've actually already pre ordered. So I actually went out and bought the Endorphin Speed by Saucony, which is their nylon plated shoe and also was built um, for more miles thinking that I'd probably do my long runs and speed work in those shoes, not my warm up and cool down on speed work days, but you know, the hard, the, the, the meat of the workout and then the long run in those shoes and feel like they'll last me a while. Um, they had great reviews. I tested them out for my midweek workout this past week, which was instructive, kind of got my feet used to them and my lower body, my lower legs used to them. Um, and then I wore them again on the track yesterday and they felt great. They really did. They didn't. They definitely had pop in them. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, obviously, shoe technology is out there. Some professionals don't want to talk about it, but I think that's nonsense. I think we should talk about it. It's clear that shoes are helping and aiding athletes. Of course, they always have helped and aided athletes. <laughs> it's it, it's why we have technology now. I do think that rules and regulations, especially at a professional level, is, is mandatory. Uh, setting standards we're we're in that era where we need standards but um but i think for you having a true actual racing shoe is a good thing and look how much faster you ran because you actually wore a racing shoe it's 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 key i think when when you're asking to run the best of your uh, the best you ever have or you're trying to run the fastest you can run uh you should be in the right equipment for that and many athletes say, oh, I'm not fast enough for a racing shoe. And some of those athletes say that are slower than you. And some of those athletes that say that are actually faster than you. And I, I think that's wrong. I think, I think if, if you are trying to go out there to perform, you need to be in the right shoe to help you and aid you in running the best you can. Now, not every racing shoe is, is made for every distance. But I think for the you, for this distance, the endorphin speed is a great shoe. I wouldn't wear it for you for a 12-mile long run once we get up to that distance. Um, but I would wear it for these shorter distances and, and these, these, these harder efforts. And uh, I'm excited that you, you have a proper racing shoe um, for the first time. And, and, and in my mind, honestly, I think it takes probably 12 to 15 seconds off per mile. 
Yeah. And I, I wonder how much the difference is between this one in terms of like it's its impact on performance compared to, say, like the Endorphin Pro or some of the other models for other other shoes like the Asics Meta Racer, the Next Percent, the Alpha Fly, uh, so on and so forth. Um, you know, I think, you know, this this one's kind of built as more of like an everyday trainer, but with a little pop in it. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, though. I wouldn't say that, though. Uh, the endorphin speed, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen professionals using it for speed workouts. So if they're using it for speed workouts, I, they wouldn't classify it as an everyday trainer. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think, it was, I think the idea was that they wanted to have like a, like a, a tempo, you know, almost like how Brooks came out with like the Hyperion tempo. Yes. Kind of like that, that range is my understanding, but that doesn't mean that that's the only interpretation. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's built for speed, right? It's built for power. It's built for faster movement. Um, but in that, I think, you know, everyone was talking about the, the Nike Alpha Fly, uh, when, or Vaporfly rather, when it first came out, the first 4% shoe and how much more a percentage. I think they, all the shoes now, the New Balance, uh, the, the Asics, which came out with the Meta Racer, but they will be coming out with another one because Sarah Hall, uh, wore their newest shoe in, in London. Um, the, obviously the endorphin and that will change as well because Saucony is just not going to rest. They're going to be developing different iterations of that shoe, just like Nike did. I mean, we're on what the fourth iteration of, of the, uh, of the, the vapor fly with the alpha fly. Right. Right. Um, right. Oddly enough, one of my athletes, Sam, Sam Chalanga has every single version of the 4% from the very first prototype to now. He's got every single version they've ever had. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was a part of the Breaking 2 project when he was sponsored by Nike years ago with, with Kipchoge. He was on the track with him. Holy cow. Yeah. He's got the very first iteration of the concept. Uh, which is, So it's pretty cool to kind of see those all lined up together. Uh, but, you know, I think... What used to be the four percent advantage, and I'm I'm using quotes. I'm literally talking on a podcast. I'm I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> um, it I don't think that that advantage exists anymore because look at the women's Olympic trials. Look at what Hoka One One was able to do. They had three in the top ten not wearing the Nike. They had three in the top ten with their shoe, the Carbon Rocket X. Um, you know, and and one of those women had a broken leg. You know, get me one of those shoes. Look at Molly Seidel, you know, second in the Endorphin Pro. Um, yeah, of course, Nike's going to be there and all that stuff. But all these other shoes out there, they've caught up, period, the end. We're, we're now on a level playing field. Right, right. And for me, it's about fit. So for me, of those brands that I was looking at, um, Saucony's just fit better. Yeah. So for me, it was like, all right, like if these, if there's going to be nominal differences here, then I'm just going to go with fit and take it from there. Absolutely. I think, um, I think, yeah, the, the, the crux of it is racing shoes help people race faster, period. Uh, now we should, we should have, you know, regulations, like I said earlier, but, but for you as an athlete, you deserve a chance to, to run as fast as possible. And I think it, it's great that you got yourself your first, what I would consider your first true racing shoe. Um, and it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of see how, how much faster you can go with continued development. 
All right, James, this has been great. Uh, anything else before we get going? Nah, man, I'm good. I'm going to go make some eggs. I got jumbo eggs. Uh, so I'm going to cook that in uh, some Irish butter and uh, get ready for the day. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Good luck to John and have a great trip. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this show. It was great to connect with both of these high-level people as we progressed through uh, basically got the, the, the quarter mark of the year. Man, it's come really quick. The first quarter for me, as you've heard, has really been about just establishing fitness again after such a long time off of consistent training and being able to train consistently and healthy in a healthy way. And I've been able to do that. And it's uh, it's really exciting, kind of laying the foundation right now, like trying to make a big leap forward. As James just said, you know, the next two or three months is kind of really getting to the point where um, really trying to build up instead of going from laying the groundwork and foundation to really increasing speed and performance. And I'm so excited to do that. Thank you so much for following on the journey. Can't wait. Episode six, three weeks from today, as we always do it, three weeks every Monday. Can't wait for it. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest of states these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.